Hey guys, welcome to the debrief. We just finished with Justin Drake. David, what about that podcast episode, man? That that's one for the history books. A marathon, man. Two and a half hours, two hours and 40 minutes or something of Justin oh Drake God. just like spitting out gospel. <laughs> <laughs> do you think these podcasts are getting on the longer side or you know, do are look, it's good content, but uh wow, that was a lot. Like it took us a while, it took us much longer than I thought to sort of set up mm -hmm. that analogy and and walk through it in all its subtleties and all its intricacies um but yeah I, th I think it's worth it if you guys made it through two and a half hours plus well done hopefully you feel rewarded on the other side look it, it's it's important man like this is how memes generate like it takes two and a half hours to explain ultrasound money which is a three-word meme and three-word memes are good those things land hard but but memes only land when there's enough information backing it, right? And so I think what we did and what Justin did, we hosted, was pack, pack every single ounce of crypto economic research that has ever happened ever beginning in 2009 into a two and a half hour long episode. So, you know, maybe that's long for a bankless episode, but that's ex that is an extremely condensed amount of just like research and development packed into that one specific podcast episode, which is then condensed into one single meme, which is ultra sound money. We might say that episode contained a lot of economic density, maybe. Ooh. Should Ooh. we say that? Um, what's your rating of ultra sound money as a meme? You're just talking about it as a meme. Look, guys, you know this, our world in crypto runs on memes. These are the narrative. The world runs on memes. The world runs on memes. Everything does. Um, and you can Especially see Especially crypto is what you're you saying. You can see yeah. it more in crypto, right? Because like, yeah. because price reflects the meme uh, more immediately than you can track and you can't really, right. you know, see the value of memes and under, understand them. But we, we have economics tied to our memes very much. So uh, Ether, Ethereum has had a number of memes over the years, world computer, Mm -hmm. um, it's had settlement layer as a meme. DeFi's had a number of memes, money mm -hmm. Lego. Um, we've, we've worked on some kind of narratives around ether as an asset, the internet bond, for example. Mm -hmm. Um, I like that one. I think that's a good one. ETH is money is also a meme. Right. So this is ultrasound money as a meme. Mm -hmm. Are you bullish? I think this is the best meme that crypto's ever come up with. Yeah. What? Uh, really? Yes. Yes. Because it, it Ooh, packs in so much. I, I I think you will. I think you will get there. I think everyone will get there. Just because what I think Justin Drake was talking about on this podcast is there are certain things when we talk about when we when we research and development in this space. And I'm using a very, very expansive we, not not me. I'm very much beyond my researching days. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You're an old retired researcher yeah. for your younger now, days. When you now were, I just share the memes, right? Yeah. Okay. But like, so crypt, crypto economics. The reason why we call it crypto economics is because that exists. Crypto economics exists outside Bitcoin and Ethereum. Bitcoin and Ethereum exists inside of crypto economics. Crypto economics is the umbrella. That's the thing that if we ran the human experiment over and over and over again, we would run through the creation of certain things. We would probably create the internet. Uh, we would probably create the nation state and democracies. We could probably create, you know, religions. We would also create crypto economics. That is, and that's a, that's a pure vanilla, like unfiltered, unflavored version of what ultimately is Bitcoin and Ethereum, which are specific applications of crypto economics. What Justin Drake is talking about 
And what the core ethos behind Ethereum is, is trying to not filter or flavor crypto economics. It's trying to be crypto economics in its truest and most, most in, uh, deepest essence, right? It is the essence of crypto economics. And that is what in my mind sets apart Ether and Ethereum from everything else is there are certain constructions, certain design parameters that researchers come to consensus about like this is good crypto economics. And then we apply it to Ethereum. Ethereum is inherently trying to be an apolitical, neutral settlement layer that is, and that is the, un, the unbiased, credible neutrality nature of Ethereum is crypto economics. And so there's this, and I was talking about this with Arjun Bhuptani uh, when we were talking about the social, the public goods nature of, um, of uh, payment channels, where like so many different researchers created payment channels and there are different flavors, but they all condensed, they all contracted down to the same design parameter. And that's what I see Ethereum doing. And that's what I see Justin Drake doing is trying to distill down the best form of crypto economics and then apply it into Ethereum. Okay. And that's so, why I think this meme is the most important meme of crypto okay. is because it is all of the, all of crypto economic research distilled into a single meme. Well, you keep saying crypto economic research and like crypto economics, right? So mm -hmm. I, I, I agree with you, but I want to be more specific on crypto economics because you're saying this is all crypto economics distilled into Ethereum. Mm -hmm. There could be all sorts of other flavors of crypto economics that do different things and program different incentives. This is more specific in crypto economics. Crypto economics designed specifically to create a sound money. That's what we're talking yes. about here. We're talking, I think what, when you kept saying crypto economics, you weren't speaking generally about like the crypto economics of, of the uni token or crypto mm -hmm. economics in the algorithmic stable coin. Th those are crypto economic systems as well. Yes. You, you were talking about like Ethereum is actually the embodiment, Ether as NASA is the embodiment of sound money optimizing crypto economics. I think that's what you're saying, right? I was close i think and largely overlapping i was more talking about crypto economics as a discipline as an academic study so why do you think ethereum embodies all crypto economics because it is like ether the asset is like one monetary experiment mm -hmm. right like mm -hmm. bitcoin is another crypto economic monetary experiment sure. the uni token is is a, is a third there are all of these mm -hmm. different crypto economic experiments many right. of them can be run on ethereum but they don't exclusively have to be but mm -hmm. so, so what are right. you saying there? That, yeah, that's so the difference between Bitcoin and Ethereum is like, if you build on top of Bitcoin, if you build on top of uh, the Bitcoin economy, you are playing by Bitcoin's rules. And that's true for Ethereum, but the Ethereum protocol is different because the Ethereum protocol tries to be maximally unobtrusive, is just trying to provide the maximally efficient and secure a settlement layer for your, for your other flavors of crypto economics. And when you build on Ethereum, you don't, it, Ethereum itself isn't intrusive into your app. Ethereum is designed to be maximally non-intrusive. And that takes a pure, sustainable, maximally sustainable, maximally pure system that can build itself and allow you to express crypto economics in all of its multitude of flavors with, with Uni, Maker, Compound, Aave, down the line. So Ethereum has always trying to be this thing that just works in the background so that the apps can hack, all the expression can happen on the apps. All of the uniqueness can happen on the app layer. And that's not something that Bitcoin does. Bitcoin doesn't give a fuck about your apps. Bitcoin wants you to express Bitcoin, but Ethereum wants you to express yourself. 
in all of crypto economics that Justin Tate Drake was talking about, making sure the Ethereum economy is perpetually sustainable via making Ether ultrasound money is how we get maximally maximum expressivity in everything built on top of Ethereum because you don't have to pay homage to Ethereum in the same way that you do have to pay homage in, in Bitcoin. Do you know, um, I, I, I think I understand what you're saying here, but you know, the thing about that episode for me is, is basically like ETH is money, right? Like stop saying it's not. <laughs> if you listen to that episode, it's very hard to walk away with the opinion that um, Ethereum, the network matters, but ETH the asset is nothing. Like that option has been kind of closed to you. The, yeah. I felt like that episode was all about a th- just taking off the gloves and throwing it down being like, Ether, the asset, let's be honest mm-hmm. here. Ether, right. the asset is competing as a store of value. Let's have no more of this talk that like right. Ether is just gas. Mm-hmm. It, the protocol is maximizing for the soundness of Ether, the asset. Yep. And that kind of honesty, I feel like... Um, I, I just haven't heard that before, particularly right. from someone who's who's helping to design the engine of mm-hmm. Ethereum. Like, I don't know about you, David, but I I have been frustrated in the past with this this kind of this this ignoring mm-hmm. of in the Ethereum community. Some of it comes from the Ethereum community. It's certainly outside of the community, ignoring the value of Ether as a cryptocurrency in and of itself. And like this has also been fed from. Bitcoin maximalists who are like, no, there can only be one store of value, like, you know, hypnotizing people into thinking that Bitcoin is the, the, the only asset that can mm-hmm. possibly compete for this, this store of value category. And I feel like the Ethereum community for a number of years, especially early, didn't have a bat, didn't resist. We right. just said, okay, yeah, you be digital gold. We'll be, we'll be this other thing, oil. Right. We're not we'll going to get gas. in your way. We don't, we don't care about we'll the value. Gas. We'll just be gas. Yeah, I feel like I, I, it was so refreshing for me to mm-hmm. hear the truth, which is the truth is base layer assets, they help one another, they right? They're synergistic, but they're all competing as money, as store of value assets. It's something we've said on Bankless for years and hearing that come out of Justin Drake's mouth, mm-hmm. um, somebody who represents, I think, part of the development community. Because I think if you talk to like ETH holders and users like ourselves, we would have, mm-hmm. we're already on that train. Like we're already right. like, yeah, guys. But on, we were on that train years ago. Getting researchers and getting the engineering community of Ethereum to talk about it uh, is the new thing here. And it was frankly super exciting to me. It felt like, um, if it, it felt like the culmination of uh, just just some some progress we've been we've been making in trying to push this conversation right. into the into the into the limelight. So I'm super glad that Justin was was willing to talk about us. In fact, he came to us with this agenda again. This wasn't like <laughs> this wasn't us. This was Justin saying, "Hey, I want to talk about ultrasound money." He came up with this meme. Like, yep. how, how talented can you be? He's not only programming this crypto economic mm-hmm. system, but he's coming up with uh, with with great memes, uh, pretty talented. Yeah, I, I think the reason why we appreciate Justin Drake so much is is and, and perhaps the 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 unappreciation. What's the right way to phrase this? Back back in 2017, when there was this culture of not talking about ether, the value of ether, it came from a it, as when you talk not talk about the economic side of crypto economics, you're just focusing on the crypto 
side of crypto economics. The I'm just here for the technology, bro. And just here for the tech, just here for the tech. And these tech is super important. But this is a revolution in digital scarcity. This is a revolution in internet money. And you can't have crypto, you can't have blockchains without the economic side. And so we were overly focused with crypto cryptography back in 2017 and not enough focus on the economic side. And now Justin is, what you just, what you said a second ago, Ethereum is ma um, maximally innovating on producing sound money in ether. Whereas Bitcoin stopped at like, you know, hard cap and the hard cap is so good that people will want it, which is true. And that's worked out. And the Ethereum is like, well, what happens when we innovate? Like how sound can we really get this thing when we like really get down to the details and, and nuances of crypto economics and we research them and apply them? How maximally sound can we actually get this thing? And according to Justin Drake, the answer is really fucking sound. Yeah. The, the other thing that this... Um... This impressed on me. Uh, it made one comment when I was thinking of it when Justin was speaking. Is um, Satoshi was a crypto economic engine designer too, mm -hmm. right? I, I feel like sometimes the first, the first of his kind, the first of his kind, and we've almost we've almost made a religion out of the design choices he made, right? Like as if mm -hmm. they were completely perfect, as right. if no other crypto economic design. So perfect. So perfect that don't eat, you shouldn't even try. Yeah, you shouldn't even try. Don't even dare to compete with. Oh, and by the way, this is also a narrative, David. If you do compete with Bitcoin and you win, then you undermine the meme of the entire ecosystem. Have you heard that one before? That, it's that like, one makes so little sense. <laughs> it's like if, if basically if another asset uh, leapfrogs Bitcoin in terms uh -huh. of total market cap, that would be right. bad for crypto because it proves that any asset can become can a store you. value, can leapfrog right. you. And so it undermines the ridiculous. entire- <laughs> So I think that's ridiculous, but like it's all part of this re religious- fervor. Like, yeah. yeah, it's almost like a Satoshi made Bitcoin on the first day and it was perfect. Mm -hmm. And then like, you know, um, he got the economics right, right. fixed cap. I don't know, man. How long did Satoshi think about it? Was he right. just like, uh, who knows what issuance should be? Satoshi didn't this. think about EIP-1559 last yeah. year. Yeah, we'll cut it in half every four years. Let's try that. Right. It sounds yeah. good. <laughs> four years. I like that number. <laughs> right? So like- Okay, uh, so Satoshi did out in an outsized way make something that was beyond its time. It for like, sure. Bitcoin is awesome. And the fact that he made that and that was the first thing is fucking incredible. It's yeah, for sure. Religious. Undeniably so. Not religious. It's not holy. It's not godly level of perfection. Yeah, it's not. It's not even. It's not even like, um, like I, you know, maybe Peter Schiff's got a point. Like, let's worship gold. You know, that at least is a product of nature. That yeah. you know, that's not an engine that 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 somebody created. That mankind created. Um, so, yeah, you know, who, who's to say that one Bitcoin got it perfectly right? Satoshi got it perfectly right, and then two, that that is the purest, best design, and then three. I feel like people don't have this conversation enough, David. Like there's a lack of, I feel like there's a lack of honesty in the Bitcoin community about the sustainability of its security budget moving forward. And even those who, even those who, who admit these, these flaws uh, in Bitcoin's security model moving forward, um, they they don't seem to to take into account that 
like what happens if another crypto economic network then surpasses like Bitcoin? If it's not the most secure network in the world, like what is what it really, is it? what really is it good for? Like, mm-hmm. so I don't know. It's just, that was refreshing uh, as well as to hear Justin, like I said in the intro, man, I feel like you don't know Bitcoin. You don't know Ether mm-hmm. until you've listened to this episode. You also don't know Bitcoin until right. you've listened to that. Just don't know crypto economics about it, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I don't know what uh, what is the Bitcoin maximalist defense to some of these things. Um, I mean, we talked about some oh, of the trade offs and proof of stake, but like maybe you're not maybe you're not the guy to make that um, case. Maybe you should have a. Uh, Somebody else I mean, on. I, I just I think I'm the I'm the Ethereum I am the Ethereum person to make the Bitcoiner case. Okay. Uh, but at the end of the day, I'm an Ethereum because it, the Ethereum side makes sense to me. Well, maybe we bring on uh somebody like Nick Carter to talk Nick about Carter, it right? yeah. because I uh-huh. feel like he's um he's gonna be honest with these takes. Even though like, he's I, a Bitcoin moderate, like I think we if we what we what we would really need and it wouldn't even be fun is like a Bitcoin maximalist, so a holy it's just warrior, not fun because like Dan just, Held. It, it's, but it would be an unprogressive conversation. Yeah, I feel like that just descends into you you know tribalism yeah. ad hominem, like not really like right. you know. I, I Dan Held would say no. So he would say you are fudding right now. Like that that is not mm-hmm. true. Bitcoin security is going to be fine on transaction mm-hmm. fees. I've right. got a model that proves it, and he'll show you like <laughs> you like numbers projected in the future. Cite himself, <laughs> right? <laughs> Dan, Dan Held said, tends to cite himself. By the way, that's the, that's the joke. Oh man, yeah. So anyway, what else? What else from that uh, conversation you want to talk about? Yeah, um, ultrasound money is a great meme. Uh, slight, slightly unrelated, but still related, is a, a, a conversation I heard when Vitalik was on the um, the uh, pod, the Tim Ferriss podcast with Naval. And Vitalik says that he has disagreements with uh, Justin Drake about how the L1, the Ethereum L1, should be constructed over the long term. And this goes back to our first episode with Justin Drake, the bull case for cryptography, where Justin Drake was like, well, we could really perfect the L1 in in new and different ways. And one of those ways was uh, staggering shards. And so um, instead of all 64 shards of of the sharded Ethereum 2.0 chain happening at once, we could have shard one trigger in in, uh, one second and at two seconds shard two triggers and then at three seconds shard three triggers. And so these things are overlapping, stair-stepping. And so there's always on the Ethereum L1, the possibility for one second finality. And that is a really cool feature that allows the Ethereum L1 to have quick finality, which is a nice feature property to have. And, and, And Justin Drake also previously wanted to implement a proposal into Ethereum that would be a native on-chain oracle for the value of Ether according to the Ethereum protocol. And so Justin Drake is actually interested in putting more features into the L1, whereas Vitalik is interested in having less features into the L1. Uh, And so that is actually an undecided debate between Ethereum researchers. And this is a debate that will eventually have to be settled. Um, But it's not really the biggest debate. We're starting starting to narrow down into smaller and smaller things. But the long-term... Uh, uh, whether or not Ethereum L1 is actually a crypto economic or crypto maximized versus minimized, I think is actually a story that could still unfold. 
Yeah, I think so too. I think it would be a cool conversation to have both Justin and Vitalik on Bankless mm-hmm. to like talk mm-hmm. about those two sides. Um, but as you said, it's also very, very, it's, 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 it's fairly narrow. Like they're broad in terms of agreement and the, the place maybe they disagree is kind very of the, narrow, the yeah. subtleties because, um, you know, I heard Justin Drake, even the end of our con- conversation, talk about the value of ossification and how Ethereum is going to ossify. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, I don't think Justin, he'd have to speak for himself too, um, run the risk of putting words in his mouth. But I don't think he would be like, he, he, I don't think he would say Ethereum has to continue to innovate forever. He does seem to recognize there should be some ossification. So does Vitalik. The question mm-hmm. is, what do you add before you ossify, right? right. And it goes back to the, our other conversation with him where he was seeing this bright future of cryptography research innovation. Right. And if you see that on the horizon, like, you want to incorporate some of that right. into your base protocol before uh, things ossify and you no longer have a chance the way Bitcoin is ossified. What about this, David? Um, this We went through this whole analogy at the, the beginning and throughout the course of the conversation of an engine, mm-hmm. right? How did that hold up for you? Did you like right. that analogy? Would- I, I, analogies are so important, so, so important. And like, we couldn't have had that podcast without the analogy. Like, imagine if we had to stay on the technical level the whole entire time. To me, the analogies always break down somewhere, but the analogy, the, the validity and viability of that analogy is, is why it's so powerful, right? Because when you can extrapolate and make cross, cross medium comparisons, that's how you know you've gotten to the truth of something because the universe runs on, on similar patterns, right? We started off by that, that episode by drawing the comparisons between economic engines, like the engine of the economy. This is the metaphor that people have been saying for centuries. And make and Ethereum is an economy, and we have this what we call the consensus engine. There's all these overlapping like terminologies that that's just how language forms. And the fact that we were able to concretely extrapolate from an analogy is why I think there is it's it's validating as to why there's truth there because the analogies work and also they're helping share the meme. Yeah, I totally agree. And actually I was surprised at how well that analogy held up because there's mm-hmm. o- often a point at the analogy where it just like kind of breaks down. You have yeah. to say, oh well it's not like this in, in this series of ways. But right. you know the point that I was most surprised about was like so the the fuel makes sense the consensus being the engine makes sense. The energy makes makes sense. Energy as as monetary value, all of that made sense. But then there was this this uh, J- Justin used kind of the solar power power mm-hmm. analogy for transaction fees, and then he brought that further. And um, the thing that stuck out the most in terms of like a level up of my thinking, my analogy thinking, was that there can be grade A fuel versus mm-hmm. grade B fuel, right? And he mm-hmm. said the grade A fuel is if you're paying for economic security, and that's what fuel does, it pays mm-hmm. for economic security. Um, the grade A fuel, which is issuance, has mm-hmm. so many more advantages versus grade B fuel, which is which is transaction fees. And I, I don't think that subtlety is widely understood, right? So even when I see metrics about economic security of, of Bitcoin or Ethereum, it's always like, oh, let's take the aggregate minor revenue. What are they making? But like, there's a difference. There's a, there's a grade difference in the, the revenue when it comes from issuance, at least from the protocol's perspective, when it comes from issuance, it's, it has better characteristics than when it comes from transaction fees. And that wasn't clear to me until we walked through that analogy. And I'm surprised at how well it held up. 
Right. And we could actually even tinker with that analogy, right? Because I could actually, I, I'll make the claim that like, there's actually only one type of fuel. And it's really the, what's the missing piece of technology is like the injector into the engine and how well you can control that flow. Um, the, with Ethereum and with EIP-1559, you have to take that fuel that you're getting, the, 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 there's a capture, there's a the solar panel, the capturing system for capturing the energy. And with Bitcoin and transaction fees, it just goes straight into the system. What Ethereum has is it has like this fuel filtering mechanism, which is EIP-1559 and also issuance, right? It's all the same energy because it's all the same money. Like Ether isn't two, two assets. There's only one type of Ether and Ether is powers Ethereum. There's only one type of fuel, but it's how it gets injected into the engine, I think is actually the more adapt analogy here because you want that engine to be able to be predictive of when it gets its fuel, right? And so, um, that is the stabilizing thing. I don't think there's actually two grades of fuel. I think there's ways to import it into the engine that makes the whole system more sustainable. But what is interesting is like, so like energy is energy, but like when we use the, the solar power analogy, I think people can, can identify with that is like solar power has dependencies in a way that like say other energy sources like gasoline do not. Like one benefit of something like gasoline is it's, um, it's predictable. Right. You can always mm -hmm. just fill up your tank with more gasoline, but solar, it depends on the weather, man. Like mm -hmm. if you're having a cloudy day, if right. you know, it's nighttime, you're not getting that energy. And what about this like visual? Cause when I was, mm -hmm. when we were having that conversation, I had this visual in my mind of like mm -hmm. engines. And, and then when we got into kind of the truck going up a hill and like sputtering mm -hmm. out, not having enough, um, security, like not having enough torque to pull this gigantic economy, economic. Yeah. yeah. That was really cool. And that's how yeah. I learn is through, is through analogy. Right. So, um, that was really cool. I thought that's why how he did that. Antonopoulos is so powerful. It's because he only speaks in analogies, right? And this is crypto is such a esoteric industry that the only way you can communicate it to the outside world is via analogies. And that's also why Justin Drake is so fucking awesome is not only is he a cryptographer, he's also a crypto economics expert who can speak in analogies. He can deal, he can go full Vitalik and speak in code. And then he can go full Ryan and David and speak in analogies. He's really just a jack of all trades. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, Wow. So anytime, look, anytime Justin Drake wants to come on the podcast and create an agenda for us and speak about yeah, something, clear out the schedule, clear out the schedule. It's happening. Anything mm -hmm. else we should talk about before we close, David? Ultrasound money, best meme in crypto. Wow. Best meme in crypto. We will see, sir. Um, I'm, I'm excited. It's, that was a cool episode. I guess that's it, man. Guys, thanks for hanging with us on the debrief. Hope you enjoyed that episode. Thanks as always for bringing, being a Bankless Premium member. We appreciate your support.